0: Welcome to the Take Heart podcast, where we have conversations around what it looks like to intimately walk with the Father, to know Him, to seek after Him, and to become more like Him. Our aim is to explore what it looks like to actively take heart, to be people who are confident in the future, because we know who our God is. Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Take Heart podcast. It's very exciting to be here. Can't believe we're five episodes in. That is I know, crazy. So crazy. Hi, Bree. How are you? I'm
1: good. How
0: are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. And Sam Haywood, how are you going?
2: I'm good. Thank you.
0: That's good. <laughs> um, well, we've, we've kind of reached a point, a bit of a turning point in our hmm. podcast uh, season. We've spent the first few episodes looking at why it's important to behold God and how we can behold God. Um, But now we're actually going to be looking at the attributes of the Lord and how we can emulate those. Mm. Um, Well, basically, when we behold him, we just do emulate those attributes of him. And, um, you know, Mm. I think it is kind of cool that we think about the fact that because God is blah, I am blah. So because God is love, I too am love. You know, like that's Mm. kind of a really interesting thing to think of. And so today's episode... Is all about um, unfailing love.
1: Yeah, and I, I feel like I said this last episode, but I'm really excited about this mm-hmm.
0: one.
1: Um, my So my Instagram bio has had um, these words, captivated by unfailing love, mm. there for the last few years. And I think I just, I can't fathom how someone so perfectly sovereign would love me mm. so intimately. Mm. Um, if you look at Psalm 139, anyone who knows me knows that that's just the passage that I talk about all the time. Um, it's just that, yeah, he's just incredible. So, I um, I am so captivated by that love. Mm. So, we're going to be chatting about, about that
0: tonight. Well, thank you for, for joining us again. If you're tuning in, we're really excited that we've had so many different people be you know tuning in and listening to the podcast so far, and just hearing your thoughts have been wonderful. So, mm. um, we'd really love to continue that communication with you. So I just really felt like uh, I wanted to just put that out there. I'd love to hear from you and, and have a conversation about the things that we're having a conversation about around this table. You know, I mm. I'd love to hear from other people and what you think of um what we feel God is, is wanting to share with us, um, at this mm. time. So anyway, that being said, let's get into this episode. So I think the first thing that we should really do if we're thinking about God's unfailing love is actually define, well, what is love? Hmm. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt <laughs> yeah, Every time I can't not sing that song, right? Yeah, it's not just, at the Roxbury.
1: Oh. Yes. Well, well. Not at the what? Oh my gosh. Not at the Roxbury? I'm not <laughs> familiar. One of the best movies ever. I'm so sorry that I don't know it.
0: Too young guys. Too young. <laughs> Sam, do you know it? That song. Well, the song, but also the movie? Oh, right. I don't know the movie. Oh, yeah, okay. God. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Check I'll, it out. I'll rectify it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So sorry for the diversion. Um, what is love? <laughs> Uh, Gerald Bray um, says it like this, God is love. Everything we know about him teaches us that and every encounter we have with him expresses it. God's love for us is deep and all embracing, but it is not the warm hearted sentimentality that often goes by the name of love today. The love God has for us is like the love of a shepherd for his sheep, as the Bible often reminds us. Sometimes the shepherd can guide his sheep simply by speaking to them. Sometimes he has to grapple with them forcibly and insist that they follow him when they would rather go their own way. But however hard it is for the shepherd to keep his flock in order, he never abandons them. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I
0: Mm -hmm. really like that, how he's defined God's love for us.
3: Yeah,
1: that's not always, um, what was he talking about? Um, By speaking to them or grappling with them. we, I'm such a city girl, and so when we take our kids to the Easter show and we see the rough hand, like manhandling of the sheep, yeah, right? Yes, it's a
0: bit traumatizing. It is yeah.
1: yeah, and so like I think God does that. Like sometimes it's those
0: difficult conversations, or it's you know um, sharpening you and challenging yeah, you. Yeah, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and yeah. it feels hard, mm. but it is loving in that way. Mm. We had an interesting um, Steve Sellen. Shout out Steve Sellen. We had a meeting um, yesterday and he mentioned this um, idea of how we can think about God as like a security guard. I'm sorry if I messed this up, messed this up, Steve, but basically like you fear a security guard, they're they're big and bulky and they're intimidating, right? Mm -hmm. They have power. But if you befriend that security guard, there's still that same fear associated with their role and who they, what they look like and what they do. But Mm. you also know that they're for you. They're your friend. And so their, their bulkiness and their, their scariness in a sense is in, in place to protect you.
3: Mm. And so
0: that, the, yeah, I think that's how we can think about fearing God and love, like the love that he has for us in that protection kind of relationship. It is like, well, we know his character. Yeah. So we're not actually scared of God. We're fearing him because we know the power he has, mm. but we also know the love he has for us. Mm. It's a beautiful way of thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. As a security point. card. Love yeah. that, um, But in this quote, it's, um, he mentioned something about uh, God's love for us is deep and all embracing, but it's not the warm hearted sentimentality that often goes by the name of love today. And mm. I think it is really important to kind of just touch on and discuss, I suppose, how love has been twisted and warped
1: yeah. by
0: society today. And, and uh, I think these, and maybe how it's been a bit tainted too, like what we think of love has been really... It's kind of misguided, mm. right? We've got these romance films, and we've got Valentine's Day and all its cheesiness, um, and then even the way that we love so many different things in this world. You know, oh, I love this movie. I love this song. I love you. Oh, and I love you too. Like I met you. I met you two minutes ago. I love you. Like we just <laughs> throw it around, very. Yeah. You know. Yep. I, and it loses. I really meaning. want to say Willy Dilly, and I just said it. Um, we throw it around. <laughs> But you're right, it loses its meaning and it loses mm-hmm. the significance of, of what it actually is. And, I mean, how often do we really stop and think, well, what is love? Mm. I think it is It is important. And so, um, yeah, so that we're not containing it and limiting it, I think we should consider um, the four different types of love that is described in the Word of God because each of those different um, Greek words have a very different meaning Um, And we should distinguish between these and look at how the Bible actually describes God's love um, through these different meanings too. So um, these words are eros, which is romantic love, philia, which is friendship, storge, I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing (laughs) these, by the way, uh, parental love, and agape, which is used to describe the love of God. And Mm. fun fact, Mm. agape love is described in the Bible 259 times. Yeah, a lot. it is. Um, so agape love, have you heard much about what agape love is or what it looks like? Have you thought about this much yeah, yourself? Yeah,
1: I've heard the word a lot. Yeah. Um, it's the, the way I'd describe it be that self-sacrificing kind yes. of love. Is that- yeah,
0: that's exactly right. It's more, it goes beyond just like an emotion or an experience, which is I think how we would often define what love looks like in our culture, being quite mm. driven by emotion or driven by experience. It's an act of the will. So the Bible describes it as a love that, a love that acts. Um, you know, this kind of love is originated in God and is enabled by God, which means that it isn't mm-hmm. bound by the earthly limitations we put on love and the, yeah, the, the forms of love we find in the world. Um, I think, you know, when we think about earthly love, it is really limited. If we're giving love from an earthly sense, often it's based on need. Mm -hmm. I will love based on what I can see, you know, the need being. Whereas agape love is given by someone whose every need has already been met in Christ. And it comes from a God who has no needs, meaning it can be given freely and lavishly. Right? Mm -hmm. See that difference? Mm -hmm. Earthly love often will look for reciprocation. Yeah. I will give you love because I need it in return. Agape love expects nothing in return. Mm. Um, earthly love is often a choice made on some measure of worthiness. You know, I will love you because of what you can give me or what, how deserving you are of my love. Like I'm going to use my Mm. judgment to decide how worthy you are of my love. And then I'll give you that love. Yep. Um, Yeah, but agape love looks to those the world would consider unlovable or unworthy Mm. and loves them. It's, yeah. Mm. So I think agape love is a supernatural love, really, because we can't practice this kind of love apart from the Holy Spirit, Mm. which is a really key thing to consider.
1: Yeah, yeah, Mm. definitely. Um, When you were just talking about the measure of worthiness, so we put these um, boundaries, I guess. Mm. Um, it got me thinking about how much we limit the amount of love that we're willing to give others mm. um, and sure that we can claim that that's for, you know, self-preservation or that we don't overload ourselves. But mm. um, and while sometimes that can be true, I think that's probably more that we we put up barriers sometimes, this sort of um, self-sacrificing love because I think it's because it's so um, countercultural.
3: Mm. I think and it's so mm. weird
1: to love with that agape type of love. Mm. Um, it doesn't come naturally to us, um, and often it's said that Jesus came to turn the world upside down, but more accurately, I think he came to turn it right side up, and mm. that that's what he calls us to do as well. Mm. Mm. Um, and then ultimately, God is love. God is the source of all love. Um, he is love himself, and we see that in one John um, chapter four verse eight, where he says, "Whoever does not love God, sorry, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love." And when we think about um, God's unfailing love, it's so hard to imagine. Um, You know, like God's love is so perfect. It's self, Mm. it's never Mm. self-seeking. It's never concerned about, you know, playing favourites or um, worried about what others think or dependent on the actions of others or um, if it's reciprocated, it's just always giving Mm. all the time. Mm. Um, And so obvious, sorry, so it's obvious then that there's this huge difference between the type of love that we as fallen humans are capable of and the way that, um, that God loves. Um, but actually you got me onto this guy, Bob Goff, he and his book, yeah. um, everybody always, everybody always. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. One. Um, and he, he has this quote in that book that says, love isn't something we fall into. It's something we become. Mm. And I love that, that if God himself is love, then the more we become more like him, the more we turn into love too mm. as we image him to the world. Mm. That makes sense. So yeah. the more you become like Jesus and you want, you know, where we were created to be images of God, we were made in the image of God, sorry. And then, you know, as we, we love more and become more like God, we'll become well, that's love. That's the whole too.
0: title of this podcast series, right? Mm. You be- like you become what you behold. Mm. So if God is love and you're beholding love, you become love. Mm. Beautiful, It's a beautiful process. Beautiful. let's just also I think this is a good time to preface that no one can do this perfectly mm, as well, and definitely. we have not perfected this by any means, but mm. it is a it is a holy pursuit to to continue to seek God and mm. become more like him. so amazing. All yeah. right. Well, I think it's also really key to kind of unpack how God displays his unfailing love for us, and ultimately, he displays his unfailing love for us in the redemption of humanity through Jesus Christ. Um, John 3.16, very famous passage. Mm -hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then in 1 John 3.16, it says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. I actually think it's really cool that there's a parallel between being John three sixteen mm. and then one John three sixteen. Mm. Like, okay, because um, one is the account of Jesus, obviously mm. in in John, and then the other is a letter to the church. It's like this is what Jesus did. Mm. Now, this is how we can emulate that. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's very intentional that it's the same verse, Mm. same chapter that appears in both of those books, but, Mm. you know, could be just a coincidence. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's quite purposeful. Anyway. um, Yeah. I guess, you know, this redemption story is really the greatest encounter of love that we will ever have. The greatest experience of love, the greatest example of love, you know, that's, that's it. That's the the greatest thing we'll ever see um, or hear about is God sending his son to die for us on the cross to pay for our sins. And because of that act of love, we can know God and we can hear his voice and, and then actually experience his love at work in, through, around mm. us. Mm. The beautiful gift.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so then how can we emulate God's love for others? Like, I think there's a few ways that we can do that. But mm. um, yeah, Like, what are some of the ways that we can put that into practice practically?
0: Well, I think before we look at the specific ways that we can emulate God's love for others, I just quickly want to go back to agape love here again Mm. um, because it really is both the way that God loves us and the way that we are to love others from this agape love. So um, if we're called to be holy, we're actually called to obey the law, right? Mm. That's that's Mm. what leads to holiness. And so the great commandment is is this in Matthew twenty-two, thirty-five 35 to 40, mm. love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the love described in this passage is agape love. It's love in action. Mm. And so we act in love toward God, toward ourselves and also towards others. And really what this is saying is that this is a foundational command that true righteousness before God is founded in. So for example, if I choose to gossip about someone, but that choice hasn't first been made out of love for God and out of love for other people, I'm actually still sinning. Mm. Like the choice has to first be because I'm going to do this out of love. Then that's made Mm. right before God. Mm. But if I'm say just choosing not to gossip about someone, because the person I'm going to gossip to, I don't want them to see me in that particular way. And that's driving my decision. Mm-mm. I'm still sinning. Even though I didn't gossip. So you think it's the heart. Even though I didn't slander, mm. I'm not doing it for the right motive. I'm not walking in love. Mm. I'm walking in self-righteousness. Mm. Like, you know, if I choose not to murder someone, because <laughs> why am I using that example? Uh, <laughs> not that I've ever thought about it. I mean, find me on a, a particular day, baby. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but if I choose not to murder someone, but I'm doing that because the circumstances aren't correct and I'm going to get found out, mm, like that's your know, motivation. I yeah. get what you're trying to say. If, yeah. if someone can find me and, and I'll get put in jail, mm. and that's the reason I don't murder someone, mm. that's still a sin. Yeah. Like not murdering them, but for that reason, yeah, still sinning, mm. right. So it's about your heart, right? And the
1: intention Mm -hmm. behind your actions, I think. Yeah, Yeah.
0: well, because it's the foundational command that everything else is hindering on. Mm. Hinging? Yeah, (laughs) hindering is the wrong word. Yes, hinges (laughs) on. Thank you. Like a door hinge. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, everything else falls under that ability to love God, love yourself and love others. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, And that's kind of further exemplified through this one Corinthians 13, 1 to three um, verses. Mm, mm. Uh, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Mm. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. <laughs> a search for holiness without love, without agape is in vain. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important. It's really why I love that we're starting with this idea of love and how we can emulate that because it really does then drive mm. everything else in a Christian walk, in a Christian life. Mm. Um, well, Jesus did say it's the greatest commandment didn't he yeah that's right yeah. and so we need to understand this love before we can love others um i think you you you've got a personal kind of conviction about the cross and the direction of the cross right like do you
1: yeah yeah uh, how the, do you see that the, the, the i don't know if this is biblical but it's just it helps me the way yeah. i focus on the cross um is that the vertical axis is Longer so that that's your priority, mm. your relationship with God mm. and you're looking upwards towards him, it's mm. your priority. Um, but then the crossbar is
0: that once you love God, yeah, then you are able to love others. Yes. Mm. And that's right relationship with him. It's that ability to love him first, then directs the way mm. that you love others. And if we get that warped, we need to go back to how mm. we can actually make that right with him again, because yeah, having a, a right love of God is actually what enables right love of self mm. and other people. And maybe that's actually why we get it wrong so often, because, you know, maybe we love other people so that we can love ourselves. Mm. Right. Like often I, and I find this, I found this for myself. I spent years serving in youth ministry, but I think I was doing that out of a desire for gratification and and approval and acceptance from the people I was leading with
3: Mm. rather
0: than just because I wanted to serve and love people. It was like, what can I gain from this too? How, how might people's perception of me change? And so I had that, that kind of all twisted around. It wasn't in in my, my motives were Mm. so wrong, you know, but Mm. I think I'm not alone in this, not necessarily that example, but I think a lot of people do this. We perhaps give attention to people or love other people so that we can find that self love Mm. within ourselves Um, yeah, but I think if we're devoting ourselves to loving God, Mm -hmm. then we can perceive ourselves in the right way, you know, in our truest self way, meaning we don't need that validation. We don't need to take up pride or self-righteousness for ourselves. And then what's beautiful about that is that means that our love for others is actually made right Mm. because it can be agape in its nature because it's an act of the will because you're not looking for anything in return because God is your everything.
3: Mm.
0: So you can love freely and genuinely and purely because you're not loving for anything back Mm. because your relationship with God is in its right place. Mm. Um, Yeah. I think sometimes we do let emotions dictate the way that we Mm. love or experience love with others. Um, But, you know, the love God gave to us wasn't an act of emotion. It was Mm. an act of will. yeah. And just like, I know I've gone on a long tangent on this, but as, as I was unpacking what agape love really meant, it really struck me. Um, you know, this truth that we love because he first loved us mm. is beautiful. And I think it gets, it does get thrown around a lot, perhaps without understanding the weight of that. His love for us is unconditional. It's sacrificial. It's freely given. And when I remind myself of that, it's much easier to love those around me freely. And I think that unlocks God's will for our lives because his will really is simply to love as we have been loved.
1: Mm. Well, we said, I think, we, I don't know what episode it was, but I remember we were talking about that Matthew 22, mm. we said, just love God and love others. And then I remember I mm. was saying, it's simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It just
0: seems to be simple to say, but so, so difficult to live out. It can be definitely because there is a cost to it. Mm. There's a cost to that kind of love. Um, But I think for me personally, I want to make a personal resolve in my life to love my neighbour, even if it costs me. Mm -hmm. And it will cost me, but that's how I've been loved. Yeah. And that's how I can extend his love, reflecting his sacrifice back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it might cost our time. It might cost our finances. It might even cost our image, whatever that means to you. Um, But if I put those things aside and consider what I'm taking up, Mm. there's no question that I wouldn't do that. You know, if love is an act of the will, it's not motivated by need, doesn't measure worthiness, it doesn't require anything in return, then there's Mm. no such category as anyone being unlovable. That's not a Mm. thing. Yeah. And I feel sometimes people put their own reservations on love Mm. based on categories. I can't love that person because they're difficult. Mm -hmm. you know yeah i can't love this person because of this reason and
1: and all those reasons and all those categories are just from a fallen world Mm. i like
0: that's that was never god's intention yeah but if this is the thing there's no such category in god's eyes as unlovable Mm. Mm. and yeah the cost of agape love really is evident through the cross cross and when we're called to take up our cross we make a commitment to love as christ loved in all of its costliness Mm. And I'm resolving to make that commitment personally, mm. but it is hard. It can be hard, yeah. Mm. But it's yeah, yeah, definitely worthy, worthy. So, anyway, that was a big tangent. I'm sorry, not sorry. So, in terms of uh, emulating God's love mm. to people, one of the th- first things that we can do is actually show others that God loves them through our own words and actions.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um. And Matthew five, Jesus says that, right? He calls us to be salt and light mm. um in this world so that others may see our good deeds and glorify God. Mm. And to see that God is love. Like we are we are called to be um set apart in this mm. world and mm. to to be pe- sorry, <laughs> to be people um who do show each other um love, Christians and not Christians, just you know, to be that
0: light to everybody. Mm. So mm. Mm. one John four, seven to eight says Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In other words, love isn't merely an attribute God exhibits. Love originates with God. So Mm -hmm. when God's people love well, they reflect God himself. And that's part of us being created in the image of him. It is the one thing that really distinguishes us from from the world, it distinguishes us because we're being regenerated. You know, Mm. sinners don't naturally love well (laughs) in our fallen state. Our natural stance would be for self-worship, self-righteousness, self Mm. self X, Y, Z. Um, But we can only really love well if we've been changed and transformed.
1: Yeah, which is why I think that Paul elevates love above all other virtues. Um, Like it's a sign of those who are secure in God's love as his, as his children. Mm. Um, and some of the just practical ways that we can show this love. Sorry, my voice is disappearing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I'll struggle through things. Um, is, you know, being different in our, um, in our words and our actions and being servant hearted and being generous and humble, um, and being ready to give an answer to others about what you believe. Mm. I think humbly and in love, you know, that's, it says the, the Bible says that, you know, be ready to have an answer, but, um, but make sure you're being respectful in the mm-hmm. way that you share that, mm-hmm. um, and being patient and being content. Um, and if we are to love God and love others, we can't do that without first knowing the foundation on which we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we first need to know the love of God so that then we can express that type of love. Um, and we see that in Philippians too, you know, we see that incredible picture of Jesus as a servant Mm. um, who came to serve and to die for those he loved. And that's Mm. what we are called to emulate, right? Mm. Um, One of my um, personal, I guess, challenges in life is um, to walk away from every interaction with a stranger with the confidence that they know that I'm a Christian Mm. um, and that the joy and the peace that has transformed my life would spread like a contagion. Um, and thinking like that changes the way that you interact. Mm. Like I have a really short temper, especially on the road. Um, and to to try and keep reminding myself of if you know if my actions were to result in an accident, and I had to say to that person, you know, to have an interaction with them, I guess, like I would feel horrible if my my Mm. actions had caused something like that. Mm. And so, trying to have that as my focus of uh, you know, I'm called to be different in this world. How do I do that? Um, mm. That's just one of the ways that's really that I that's a really good challenge. bring it to
0: life. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Well, another way is um, simply by accepting that, you know, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And so by accepting the Holy Spirit into our hearts um, and acting from that awareness, um, you know, it's a, love is a fruit of the Spirit. So love will, will naturally flow out of that awareness mm. of Holy Spirit's work in us. Um, You know, Holy Spirit really moves us to act in love to others. Um, And I think it does grow in us a sincere and loving heart. Um, Colossians 3.14 says, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. If we're to image Mm -hmm. God, like you were saying before, if we're to image God to the world around us, then we need to recognize the fact that God's unfailing love leads him to action. It led him to the most sobering, greatest and horrendous act in the history of the world, the death of his son. Mm -hmm. Yet it was out of love for us that he chose to reconcile himself to us through the death of his son. So in order to emulate God's love for others, it must drive us to action. But Mm. praise God that he gives us Holy Spirit to see where we can be love to those around us too. Yeah, that's not
1: in our strength. No, Um, And love gives um, whatever the cost. Um, John 15, 13 says that greater love has no one than this, that he laid down, sorry, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Um, And love is sacrificial. Like we see, we sacrifice all, um, sacrifice so many things for the people that we love, whether it be our time or our money and sometimes our sanity. You know, if you have those Mm -hmm. friends who just want to talk about the same thing (laughs) over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, But showing love isn't always what the other person needs. Mm. Sometimes it's having those hard conversations um, and sometimes it's talking through um, some really difficult things. And I think the words in James are really helpful. He says that if anyone is lacking wisdom, that he should ask God and he will give generously. Mm. Um, so if you're finding yourself in that situation where you you know, you know, are struggling to love someone, pray these words, ask for wisdom mm. and, and God will give it to you. Yeah, His good. word says that
0: so clearly. Mm-hmm. That's really important. Mm. Um, another way that we can, you know, show God's love to the world around us is to be actively looking to the needs of others. Acts mm. 2 tells us that that's exactly what the early Christians did right after they were converted. In Acts 2, 44 to 47, it says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Mm. It's like an outpouring of what they've received was to just distribute according to need. Yeah. Can you imagine doing that just on a Sunday service? Just bring everything that you own and then we'll divvy it up according to who needs your things more. Mm. Like.
3: It's what amazing. a challenge
0: that would be for yeah. us and, and what a heart awakening that would be to, for us to see how just how hard that would be. Yeah. And how do. much we cling to mm. and yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And think is it's a blessing from God. I'm gonna keep it because it's a blessing from God. But but God also often gives so that you are a filter and you can pass it on to someone else. Yeah. Um, and what you've a been, funnel,
0: maybe that's a better word. Yeah, funnel's good. <laughs> 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 and what you've been given isn't isn't yours.
2: Yeah, it right? still all like belongs to him. God.
0: Exactly. And one of my favourite stories is um, what happened on Fiji when we met Nigel. Mm. And have I shared this one with the suitcase? And No, okay. not on the podcast. No. Okay. I'd love to just really quickly yeah, share this story because yeah. it's something that stay, will stay with me forever. Mm. Um, I don't think he would appreciate being called out by no, name. He would not. So I'm just going to say a really wonderful man of God, mm-hmm. um, a leader uh, with us this particular year, um, just really showed me what it looked like. Oh, why? Mm. Aww. Showed me what it looked like to, to give without expectation, without res- mm. reservation. Mm. Um, just so freely and completely yeah. understood that nothing he had was his. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that make grammatical sense? I don't know. It does. Okay. Yeah. So we met Nigel, a homeless man and, um, I know you personally had some really incredible conversations with him about the Mm. Lord and, um, he came to church and it was just an incredible, um, we were were able to witness to him. It was wonderful. Mm. Um, and we, um, met him at a hotel one, one particular day. And I know that, um, I think we all thought we were doing the right thing in like, um, we put some money in and,
3: Mm. and,
0: um, Got him a hotel room to stay for a week or something like that, wasn't it? And we tried to connect him with a few people we knew in Fiji to see if we could get him some work and just things like that. Mm. And I think we, in our heads, we were probably like, yep, yeah, tick, tick, tick. We've done the right thing for this yeah. man. Yeah. And I'll never forget this particular leader invited him back to his room so that he could have a shower. Mm. Um, and then he opened his suitcase and said, take whatever, whatever you'd mm. like. And I like, for me, I think if I did that, I would probably would have just picked out the things I would have been okay with letting go of, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the probably older shoes and then mm. the shorts. I didn't really care about that much. Mm. And apparently I think he took his favorite pair of shorts too, which, but yes. this man, he just was like, it's okay. Mm. It's okay. Like yeah. that's how he loved him so mm. generously. Um, And he looked at the need that Nigel had mm. and he just thought, God, how can I? How can I be a vessel of your love? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he would have known what kind of impact that had, not just on Nigel, but our whole team seeing that kind of love in action, right? Yeah. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, everyone, we're going to take a little bit of a break from our episode today to get to know our host, Emma Goff a little bit better mm. now it, I love the holidays and mm. I know that you're a bit of a holidays and when I say holidays I mean like Christmas, Easter, sure. you know like um, national holidays, national holidays yep.
3: um,
2: and I think someone's favorite holiday can tell you a lot about a person mm. and what they love about it so <laughs> here's what I want to know Emma what is Emma. your favorite like holiday and and why
0: oh man easy christmas amazing of course it's christmas like (laughs) the birth of our savior Mm. beautiful and it's called christmas like his name is in the the holiday like come on what an opportunity to christmas um yeah what an opportunity to like honor him and glorify him in that season and everyone says merry christmas yeah like it's just such a sneaky you know (laughs) uh, sorry i shouldn't i'm not I don't know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, you love Christmas. <laughs> I love Christmas. <laughs> you love Christmas. Big time. What are some of your, like, Christmas little things that you do at Christmas time?
0: Um, oh, goodness. Good church.
2: <laughs> Gosh. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, like, come on. What are the... Like, like do, you, do you Important have a tree? To- yeah,
2: Of course. A real tree or a plastic tree? You know
0: what's very exciting? I actually um, bought my first home last year so i got to celebrate my first christmas Yay. in my first home and yeah. so um, i put up a tree last year and that was very special in my little front window you know uh-huh. but it's a it was a fake tree i'm not used to that we have growing up it's always been real tree mm-hmm. because nothing uh-huh. can nothing comes close to that smell no. of the pine needles like i know it's a nuisance to clean up but my goodness it just smells like christmas mm-hmm. yeah so my family do a real tree but i have not committed to that
2: do you get into the Starbucks Christmas drinks? Because I am such a fan of the Starbucks. <laughs> well, it's Christmas all about drink. the
0: cup. It's not necessarily even the the
2: drink itself. What do you mean, it's like the Christmas the
0: design? Account. The Christmas design on the Starbucks cups are second to none. They're
2: beautiful. What's your go-to Christmas drink from Starbucks? <laughs>
0: uh I just look. I I'm not a big syrupy, oh okay, sweetie coffee I would just get still just get my na- like my normal coffee drink but just enjoy the experience of it with a Christmas cup you know. Love that. Is that it? I don't really rate Starbucks coffee though like
2: I wouldn't. Yeah fair.
0: I don't really go there <laughs> We're Aussies. Yeah I don't really go there often for of the coffee call. but when it's Christmas time I will frequent Starbucks
2: because of the cup Yeah I That's love that. The kind man, of <laughs> I knew it I knew that this was all going to be true about you. Yes. What so, else was
0: I going to say? What other the holidays? Easter. Easter is also very important but no nah, it's Christmas. Yeah. I'm a fiend for a Christmas movie. Pretend yes. like it's snowing outside. Make the living room really cold. <laughs> hang stockings on <laughs> my staircase banister and do the whole thing. I Pretend like that. I'm living in the, the house from um, The Holiday, Kate Winslet house. <gasps> it's just gold. Yep. Yeah. That is amazing. I don't really put my air on.
2: <laughs> you should, though. I should. It's <laughs> <This is laughs> super cold.
0: Just get a warm jumper and she's She can do you have oh. an Udi? Yeah. Do you have one? Yeah, everyone's talking about the Udi these days. Yeah. <laughs> these days.
1: My whole family has one. That's very covered cute. covered in uh, koalas. They're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. Matching oh, Audi. Man. I'll send you a photo. It's very cute. <laughs> I want to match Udi with someone.
2: Oh. Get a oh, Come and <laughs> join the Don't bond family Don't cry! It's okay! It's okay! Oh,
0: Dave. I'm not crying, I'm fine. Um, I would love to match with the Bond family. Tickle, they oh can? my god. <laughs> that
2: was the saddest thing I've ever heard you say. Yeah, I know. Oh, I was just joking. You?
0: I was just joking, guys. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, there are Harry Potter hoodies, so maybe I'll invest one of uh-huh. those. That's pretty amazing. I think so.
2: Well, Emma, it's been fantastic to get to know oh, you. Oh, thanks. I everyone feel thinks like... I'm
0: really sad and lonely. I'm really okay, <laughs> I'm very secure. <laughs>
2: Let's go back to our episode.
1: Please. I think to love as the father loves, it's not always popular. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, I mean, in this particular circumstance, it was um, such an encouragement to other people. Um, but it's not easy. Like, it can hurt. Like you just said, he took his favorite clothes. But um, loving like a father loves in protecting and guiding. And instilling wisdom and knowledge, Um, I was challenged when I had small children to um, to not just survive each day and Mm. kind of just get through each Mm. day because some some can feel quite monotonous. (laughs) Um, Someone said to me, "You're raising adults," Um, and it was just just a different perspective to remember that you're playing the long game. Mm. Um, And so I think when when you think of the love of a father, it's you know to I guess have those difficult conversations, but be there to guide and protect and and you know, instill those values that we want in our children or our friends or, you know, be that light and and be what what Jesus would be in this world? That's what we're called to do, right? Mm.
0: Mm. I love that perspective shift. That's really cool. Mm. Mm. So, okay, so that's kind of how we can practically show love to others. Um, I think how does God's love impact our everyday lives? You know, what what impact does the knowledge of having a father who can't love you any less have on your life and how, you know, that leads to your interactions with others. Because I think Christ's love really should permeate through our lives every day, in every season. Um, We should be meditating on on it and coming back to that in all circumstances.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Um, Before the um, theologian John Owen um, died in 1683, um, he wrote these words to a friend, which I was really challenged by. I said, I'm going to him whom my soul has loved or rather who has loved me with an everlasting love, which is the whole ground of my consolation. And it wasn't fear that marked Owen's dying thoughts, um, but his confidence in the everlasting love mm. of Jesus. Mm. And I think, you know, we, I don't ever want to reserve that, um, that love and that expression of gratitude for the hour before I die. Right. So I want that to
0: be. Um, something that's just there through every season of my life. Mm. Mm. Your heart cry always. Mm. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I think we can have confidence that the victory is already his. Mm. And so that confidence actually then changes the way that we see and love others, um, even ourselves. Mm. It will help us to have an eternal perspective, to see the world through his eyes and to be shaped by his desires for his people. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. like, it helps us to know that our identity, is, our identity is secure and in his hands. And that means then that we can step out in that confidence to, to love well um, because we know who we are. Mm. Um, 1 John 4, 17 to 19 says, By this um, is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is also are we, sorry, because as he is so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has mm. to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. So I just want to mm. just sit on that phrase for a second. Perfect love casts out fear. Mm. Um, and I'm putting you on the spot, Sam, but I think we'd love to hear from you in this moment because I know really? that... Well, we were just talking about this yesterday. Um, Mm. This particular passage is something that I feel like you've been wrestling with, with God for a little bit. Would you mind just sharing, I guess, what God's been teaching you about this passage and what it means to you, perfect love, casting out fear?
2: Mm, Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I I was at a place where I was experiencing a lot of fear um, and I was just asking the Lord to minister to me. And I think primarily when we're experiencing fear, when we are talking to the Lord, we're asking Him to take the fear away Mm. and to give us the Mm. opposite, which is peace, right? Mm. And um, very quickly, the Holy Spirit brought that verse to mind Mm. perfect love casts out fear. And I just kind of got frustrated with the Lord because I think when you're at a space where you actually need Him to take fear away because it's almost overwhelming and you're tired of experiencing fear and you're kind of frustrated that anxiety is ruining every good thing in your life. Mm. You just go, Lord, I know that verse. Mm. Um, You're reminding me of something that isn't actually that helpful right now. It just feels like a throwaway Mm. line. And I think I was in that place where I was like, God, I know that verse. And when I've thought about it before, I've still had fear. Yeah. After I've thought about it, it hasn't, Mm. the fear hasn't left. So Mm. how does this verse work? Mm. And, very quickly, the Lord said to me, um, Sam, the, the fear that you're experiencing comes with the insecurity of losing things in your life. And he said, the only secure thing that you actually have is my love for you. Mm, Wow. Wow. Yeah. And he said, what that verse means is that as you meditate on my love for you, fear will dissipate yeah. and mm. peace will take its place. Yeah. And so I said, okay, let me do that. And so as I just kind of sat there, the Holy Spirit just brought all of these scriptures to mind. And the Bible coincidentally talks a lot about the nature of God's love for us, mm. how steadfast it is, mm. how secure it is, mm. how it's unconditional, how it is bigger than we could ever comprehend, how it has nothing to do with our performance and all of these things. And as I meditated on these scriptures about the security of God's love, I recognize that no matter what happens, God loves me. Mm -hmm. Like God, the one who created all things, Mm -hmm. who has Mm -hmm. given me an eternal future will always love me more than I could ever comprehend. And there's nothing that I can do to screw that up. Mm
0: -hmm. And there Mm -hmm. will
2: not be a single moment where God pulls back his love. From me. Mm. And as I meditated on his love for me, his perfect love for me, Mm. fear started to dissipate. That's awesome. Mm. Um, And I just, it was one of those aha moments, Mm. I think, where I recognized okay, the Bible's true. Mm -hmm. What it means that perfect love casts out fear is meditate on the perfect love of God. Mm -hmm. And similarly to Philippians 4, you know, don't be anxious about anything but in Mm. everything with prayer and petition, present your requests to God and the peace of God, Mm. which transcends understanding Mm. will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Mm. And then it goes on to say, whatever is good, noble, lovely, Mm. trustworthy, think Think about these things Mm. and then peace will come. Mm. And it was, um, the spirit brought that to mind too. And he said, this is what you're doing is like, don't engage anxiety. Don't engage fear. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, Give it power by meditating on it and Mm. going down those rabbit holes. Instead, meditate on what's true. My Mm. love for you. Mm. And then the promise is peace will accompany Mm. that. Mm.
0: Mm. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. Sorry, not sorry, for putting you on the spot. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) Um, But I think it's really true. Like, we have, I think we need to remember that we're so empowered by the Holy Spirit to Mm. change. Like, don't just indulge things because of how they are and how they have been. Mm. Like, actively do something about it. What's going on? You know, if you've got if you've got anxious thoughts, don't indulge them, but think on the things of the Lord, and it mm. it does actually change everything, really. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: just on what you were saying, Sam, I had this experience, um, recently when we were talking about the podcast before the church's live stream, mm. um, and for a few days before, I was just trapped in that whirlwind of um, of fear and not wanting to, not wanting to do it, mm. no and. And, you know, I know this whole podcast is about shifting your focus. And I realised that my focus had been on myself. Mm. Like I'm going to look silly. I'm going to feel like an idiot. My hair's going to look gross. Like whatever it was, it was all about me. Mm. Um, Mm. And I had to, so before we came to church, I locked myself away for an hour and just spent time with God and, um, and really felt him saying, you know, you need to look to me. Like I've brought you to this moment. Um, and I have confidence in you because of my power. Um, and I'm, I'm giving you the Holy spirit. He, mm. thought, oh, you have the Holy spirit. He's mm-hmm. going to give you the words to say, like, I felt God really comforting me in that moment. Um, and then you mentioned the word com- uh, coincidence before. Um, and I, and I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in God moments. God winks. <laughs> um, and so when I hit shuffle on the way to, on the way to church, three songs came on in, in this particular order. And I thought this was just such a powerful moment for me. Um, and it was um, Bethel's um, Fight My Battles. Oh. Mm. Um, and the words are, yeah, this is how I fight my battles. Mm-hmm. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yeah. Um, and it was just really powerful for me to know that God is saying, um, you know, I see that you're in this fear. I see that you're in this moment and you're battling this, but I'm there and I'm with you and you're my child and I love you. Um, and then the second one was, you um, know, elevations, see a victory. Mm. And it was just God saying, mm. you know, I've already won. Mm. I've already won this battle of your fear um, and against the devil. You you know, you're with me. We've already won. Trust in me. Mm. And then the third one was city of lights. I will trust my saviour Jesus. Mm. Mm. And I think the order of those three was just God saying, I've got you. We've already won. Just
0: trust me. it kind of walked you through that process. Really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I got to church just sobbing because mm. I thought I just I just felt so loved in that moment and so, like, like his yeah he, that message was just for me personally but but that's the kind of power that God can have in your life I think mm. yeah when you shift your focus to Him
0: yeah humans I think often tend to blame God for their personal circumstances especially when mm. things maybe aren't going so well and I think it's important to consider this question what does living a life with complete faith in an unfailing God actually look like? How do we shift our thinking from God has failed our world by letting good people suffer to God is good and loving all the time, mm. the end? Yeah.
1: Yeah, this question really fascinates me or this viewpoint actually because I kind of keep thinking how, is, how has God failed the world? Um, like by letting good people suffer, but we know that bad people suffer too. Um, And it's not unique to the good. Um, So if we all collectively suffer, then why? Well, we know that we live in a fallen world, right?
0: Mm.
1: Um, And that suffering is part of living this side of the curse in Genesis Genesis 3. Um, But if you keep your eyes on God and if you stare at him and glance at your own life, then you'll start to see that whole redemptive plan of God's from the garden in Genesis to the garden in Revelation. Mm. Um, And that suffering is part of a fallen world but God's good and loving and kind nature does not change mm. based on our circumstances. Yeah. And I think we need to keep remembering that, that it's actually quite arrogant of us to think that it would mm. and that he, you know, that he would, um, I guess want something that's worse for us. Um, like he always only wants the good. Mm. Um, and he doesn't need to change for us and nor he will, nor will he because he is perfect. Um, and he allows God. Oh, so he allows suffering in our lives. I think of Job and then in the Old mm. Testament to bring about um, his goodness. He's got that big picture. Like if you've ever looked at the back of a tapestry, it's just a mess. Mm-hmm. Right? But, mm-hmm. but God can see the front. He can see that big picture, and he knows um, where you currently are and where you're heading. He mm-hmm. knows his plan for your life.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's our response to the suffering that we go through. I think that really matters most. And like, how do we Honor him by trusting through pain? And how do we know that he, he loves us even when we encounter circumstances like that? Mm. Um, and I think, you know, passages like Isaiah 40, just talking about him being, you know, a shepherd and the great God of the universe is all powerful, is described as that. But he's also described as gentle and tender and carrying us close to his heart. Mm. It's just this beautiful picture of, like you were saying before, of like this, you know, sovereign being who Mm. knit me together in my mother's room. Mm. What? It's mental.
0: Beautiful. Mm. Um, I think lastly, I think it's really important to remember that God's love is holy and it's infinite. All of his actions are loving, even when we can't perceive them to be so. Mm. You know, if he acts in ways that seems to us to be unloving, the problem isn't God, never will be God. The problem in, is in our perception of his love through our own limited perspective. Mm. Ephesians three seventeen to 19 says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge mm-hmm. that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Surpasses knowledge. Mm. His love surpasses our understanding of it. We can't possibly even come close to knowing mm. it in all its fullness, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. With our human perspective, we can't possibly begin to understand it. But if we fix our eyes on him, we may be able to start to understand it a little bit better and then mm. be able to share that love with the world.
1: Mm. Um. Our dear friend, uh, Joe Gibbs, mm-hmm. preached on this passage a couple of years ago, I think. And she made this really good point that you know when you go to IKEA and you see um, the measurements of a something that you're going to buy, and it's got the length, the height, and the depth. Mm. This also has so this has four: the, um, how wide, how long, how high, and deep. Mm. She was just saying like that's it's immeasurable, and just the fact mm-hmm. that it uses four different dimensions yeah, to try yeah. and describe it. It's just the humans trying to grasp it, how mm-hmm. to trying to put words to this,
3: you know, undescribable love. <laughs> wow. <laughs> mm.
0: Well, I've loved looking Cunning at love. D- 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 yeah, <laughs> looking at love with you tonight and um I do just want to take a quick moment and thank our awesome teaching team for the contributions they've made to this episode in particular. Um we're really blessed to have specific people working with us on this podcast now and so um I just want to thank them and honor them for what they've been able to contribute to this episode. We really hope this has blessed you and We thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And like I said before, we'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you have any questions or any comments, please um, reach out and get in contact with us because we'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd really like to pray for everyone now and that'll close the podcast. So let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we we just want to take a moment to honour you and thank you for who you are, Lord, when we reflect and meditate on your goodness and your love, which follows us all of the days of our life, God. We are overwhelmed. Um, Lord, we thank you that your love m- is, is not just a feeling or an emotion or an experience. It is an act of the will, God. It's an, it's an action. And we thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your son for us, God. You you acted in that way to to save us for yourself, God. And we thank you that that act that we've received, that un- unmerited favor, that gracious outpouring of love through your son Lord we thank you that we too um, can be empowered to love those around us God Um, Father would you help us to have eyes to see um, and hearts that are so ready and willing um, to just send out your love to the world around us God because we know that it isn't from our own strength God this kind of agape love is a supernatural love God and we thank you that you You do help us um, in this pursuit to love you you more, to love ourselves more, and to love your people, God. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. We know that to take heart, to be encouraged, and to seek a new thing is a personal pursuit. We want to encourage you that you are not alone in that pursuit. We believe that because of who our God is, we can actively seek Him and see what He is doing. And when we do this, things start to shift. Our hope for you is that you would embrace this process of becoming and allow our God to continue to grow you into all he is calling you to be and that you would eyes to see what he is doing in this generation.